0: Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio
1: experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about e-commerce, how you can grow your business. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Dale Harper. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, okay, uh, before we start, just tell about your background, experience, and why you decided to take this topic. Yeah, um, actually, fairly new to the to
0: the digital marketing. Um, I, I've been around a little over two years, but for the past um, for most of that time, I've been working with small businesses, uh, a lot of e-commerce businesses, and helping them uh, scale their business profitably through. Uh, Facebook, Google Ads, really any any advertising. I I do a little bit of everything. Like small businesses need a little bit of everything from SEO to to ads. But I I really have a fun time with Facebook and Google Ads and I, e-commerce is a is a fun place to be right now. There's a lot of challenges, but I think that's kind of what makes it fun is trying to trying to solve those and still be profitable despite the
1: challenges. Uh, You know, from my experience, I remember when 10 years ago, I decided to jump with Google ads and I did everything from scratch. I didn't have special knowledge skills about that. Uh, But you know, when I check out some campaigns from our paid marketers, we have the department and (laughs) in the last, wow, many features, a hundred features, I don't know what to (laughs) use from them. And um, because uh, I pay a lot more attention with organic reach, getting traffic organically. And uh, can you tell? Uh, About uh, starting from scratch, for example, uh, from my experience, uh, not all brands can uh, go to Google uh, and Facebook ads because of low recognition or uh, probably not the best products. Can you provide your insights about that? Uh, Yeah, what do you think?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think there's kind of two sides to this. Um, a, A lot of businesses come in, they have this great idea, uh, they have a great product that they're selling on e-commerce and they just think it's so great. I'm going to, I'm going to put the store live, send some traffic to it through ads. People are going to love it and it'll fly off the shelves. Um, uh, what a lot of businesses don't do. And, and this isn't, this is something I've researched. I wouldn't call it my specialty, but, uh, if, if you're going into a business and going to spend several hundred dollars a month on ads, a few thousand dollars a month on ads, you should first you probably want to go in and do some research talk to your target market understand if there's a, a demand there and and follow that process there's a lot of books on this um the lean startup is a popular one nail It on the scale is another popular one so do do some sort of research because uh, i know a lot of people who are starting an e-commerce company they're putting their life savings into it and i don't want you to to throw all your savings at something that you you aren't sure will work when you start running ads so there's that step when you're starting from the ground. From the marketing side, when you're ready to launch, you've done that research. Uh, you're right. A lot of people. It, it takes a lot of a lot of time, a lot of money to grow that. And and what I'm seeing is with this, uh, we'll talk Facebook specifically because Facebook historically has been the the best marketing platform for e-commerce. Google's great too. Um, I, I think a lot of e-commerce platforms kind of gravitate towards Facebook though. And Facebook has been hit the hardest, at least from what I've seen, uh, with, this, with these iOS updates. So we can't track as much. Uh, it's tougher to know if someone uh, actually purchased. Sometimes when you track a purchase, it might not be as accurate as, as it used to. Uh, so that's a struggle that new companies are coming in where having your own data is more important than ever before and, and knowing who your client is and who your customer is. And when you're coming into this, and you don't really know, maybe you've done a little bit of research before, but you don't really have much data to go off of, it's really tough. And a lot of people get upset that they're not spending money. So uh, so this is kind of a long-winded answer. But the one thing that I've been encouraging a lot of my clients to do, if they're open to it, is instead of focusing for purchases from day one, uh, really hit hard on email marketing. And so you can run the ads to the website, collect those emails, and then you can uh, keep, keep retargeting them a couple times a month for several months on email. The, the tough thing with this is it takes a lot longer to start seeing uh, those purchases come in. The, the really good thing, though, is the name of the game is starting to be how cheap can you retarget people after their first couple of impressions because it's seven to eight impressions before people are ready to buy An email is essentially free retargeting, plus once you build an email list, that will help your ads target people better. So it's more of a long game thing, but it's a a little bit more of a sure thing than just going for purchases. And and that's what I've been suggesting right now. That may change in in three months because advertising is moving so quick right now.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Uh, And, you know, can you share uh, your insights about uh, the difference between Facebook and Google ads, because, for example, uh, I can see uh, on Google, uh, I can um, set up marketing campaigns for specific keywords that cover my sales Mm -hmm. funnel, uh, my products. But on Facebook, (laughs) I can't do it. I can set up for uh, feed, you know, and I'm not sure that I can do it correctly. Of course, I need data to find my uh, buying persona Uh, and uh, I know that Facebook users have no buying mood. You know, for example, when I check out Facebook, uh, I don't uh, have to go to buy anything. You know, I just want to spend time to, uh, I don't know, to consume content, to check out what's going on with my friends uh, and uh, yeah, something like this. Can you provide what is the main difference and how to set up correctly campaigns on Google and Facebook as well?
0: Yeah. To start off, I think if you're an e-commerce store and you have the budget for it, you should be running ads on both Facebook and Google uh, every single time. You'll probably find out which one's better early on, and then you can put more of your budget there. But as a general rule, so uh, if you can run great ads on Google, Google will typically work because, like you said, Google has that intent built in. You don't need to go find the perfect audience with a bunch of different a bunch of audience testing if there's traffic for the keyword that uh, people that you're selling if you're selling red running shoes which is kind of a lame example but you can see there's a lot of people looking for red running shoes Um, and so every time your ad shows up you can narrow it and you can know that they're probably looking to buy or at least they're in the process of the research to buy uh, shoes from you and then you can you can be part of that process with them so that's what's great about google the downside is if you have this brand new product no one's searching for it because no one knows about it uh, then you can you can run google ads but no one's searching for your thing so the intent is is a lot low is the traffic's a lot lower and the intent is a lot lower for any keywords that you're targeting and that's kind of where Facebook comes in. Facebook is great for newer products or or products that you kind of need to show people how they work. Facebook is very visual and you have a lot of time you can write very long ads and, and you can spend that time with people where if you catch their attention and you keep them intrigued, even if they don't click on the ad, they can walk away from that ad really understanding what your product does, knowing your brand and then if they're ever in the market, then they'll come back for it. So uh, kind of what I suggest is if you're a really unique product, there's no search traffic, or the the cost per click on Google is ridiculously high, then go to Facebook. Another thing is is if you're kind of a more generic product, um, but you can your your like unique value proposition is that you're cheaper than everyone else. Google Shopping Ads is a great way to go because. What people compare you on is how good your picture is and how low your price is. So you're going to get a lot of clicks from there, and you'll probably get a lot of purchases from Google shopping ads.
1: Yeah, yeah, good answer. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, learning competitors. I know uh, from many guides that you need to. Uh, learn your competitors first. Uh, But, um, you know, sometimes I disagree with some points. Uh, For example, um, I often see when many coaches, guides proclaim that uh, you need to learn them and uh, check out if uh, some campaigns work uh, for a long time. That means uh, it brings sales. But you know, uh, competitors usually highlight uh, their strong sides, their unique selling positions. But you might have something different, you know, and it's not uh, the best scenario now when you try to overcome their strong positions. Can you provide your insights? How to uh, analyze competitors correctly? For example, uh, okay, I can see. Uh, they uh, have these campaigns over here. that means yeah it brings sales to them Uh, but uh, will bring these these campaigns to me you know I mean like can I get results from uh, totally the same campaigns or it's better to uh, find uh, what will work for you uh, I don't know by testing or knowing your products or learning from your customers can you share more insights about that
0: yeah that's a really good question and um, I I don't know if I don't know if this is too different from what a lot of marketers think. I, I may be uh, drastically different. I don't know, but I think a lot of businesses put too much. And you kind of mentioned this, but a lot of businesses put too much time and effort into focusing on their competitors, and then their focus is how can I beat my competitor rather than how can I serve my customer the best that I can. So I think I think it's really uh, if if like w- when it's early on, I wouldn't put competitor research as the most important thing you should be doing it pretty early on though because it's a it's good to know where your competitors are what they're doing it helps you understand the market and understand the market helps you understand the the customer right but um, and, and it can also help you know like well, if this competitor is going all in on on one marketing strategy maybe like a lot of people may think okay let's go try to beat them but maybe you say okay they kind of own that side of things. I'll go work on on my own side of things where there's less competition. Um, And and, uh, this, I'm sure the strategy changes as your business grows and you become a a bigger piece of the market, but especially when you're, when you're small, don't try to compete with the, the, the bigger pieces of the market the same way that they're trying to compete with everyone else. Uh, You're going to lose that game. You're not as well funded. You don't have the same resources. Go try to find a unique way to reach out to the customers and, uh, just make sure that that's your main focus. Don't do not do something just because a competitor is doing it. Do something because uh, it, it's going to help you connect with your audience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's talk about time value. Uh, for example, uh, I remember the time when um, most marketers invested a dollar and got two dollars back today uh we sometimes uh, especially if we are talking about uh, some um overwhelmed niches uh overpriced you know it's not the case uh and uh, uh we need to pay attention with uh, time value for example when your customer uh, can buy a few times for a long time or, or bring friends to the table you know to recommend your products uh and yeah it's always the case uh can you tell how to count time value. How I, I do know that uh, uh, this customer will buy uh, for a long time uh, or it's just a uh, one-time uh, deal and that's it. That's an excellent question. And I, I'll tell you, I work...
0: And, and so th- my answers are probably going to be mainly focused towards those people just starting or who have been around for a few years, haven't really broken out. Um it, those people who don't have a ton of data and and some of them have zero historical data and it's tough to figure that out from day one you don't know how your customers are going to interact with everything you don't know if they'll come back and and buy and that's it's really tough to track when you're brand new and you don't know what's going on um so it when you're at that point you it's Don't worry so much on tracking it or trying to, uh, this is my suggestion. If, if someone, if someone thinks this is wrong, uh, let me know. And I'm happy to have that conversation, but don't, don't worry so much about tracking it from day one. Uh, You'll, you'll get that data within three, six months, and then you can, you can start tracking it. But I would probably set up um, a funnel of sorts where you, you know, you can, you set it up so that it's easy for these people to come back, rather than they purchase once and they're lost in the void and they never hear from you again. But keep that relationship going. Um, keep building that. That's that's one of the reasons why I keep suggesting email marketing to my clients. Of hey, instead of just going like, instead of just going for the purchase from the ad, which clicks on Facebook are becoming more expensive. Go, get a couple expensive clicks from Facebook, but then get a lot of free clicks from email, and build up that back end to build up that lifetime value. If if you've been around a while, um, I think a lot of like one one trick, and this may not this may not answer the question exactly, but one thing that to keep in mind is um, as I've been taught, the three pillars of digital marketing are, are traffic, conversion rate, average order value. And this won't affect each customer specifically, but if you can, if you can say, "Hey, I I can get a five percent conversion rate on my site, which would be pretty good," and people are buying about fifty dollars, then I know uh, a visitor to my website is is I don't know what's the math on that, um, uh, two dollars fifty cents. So I can pay two fifty to get a visitor to my website, and then so if you can keep that average there. Then you can be and the, and those two numbers stay the same of the five uh, percent and fifty dollars. Then then you can be safe that the lifetime value of a customer is going to be where you need it to, whether it's a new customer or uh, customers that keep coming back. Um, but uh, yeah, th- th- there's tools to track that. It's it's a it's a really important thing of making sure your customers come back because, like you said, it's not as easy to put one dollar in to get two dollars back you're going to be putting $1 and getting 75 cents back and then 3 months later getting another 75 cents back or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, valuable. Okay, um let's talk about um click through rate. You know, uh for example, uh, I think that uh, paid marketing um uh, I mean uh, the cost per click depends on uh, uh click through rate. You know, if uh, uh it's low, that means Google and Facebook will charge a lot more for uh your uh, clicks because uh, why they need to show your uh, paid campaigns if nobody clicks? Uh, can you provide your insights, how to increase uh, click-through rate? Uh, I mean, like to set up the right message or to use some uh, powerful headlines or any- anything else from your experience.
0: Yeah. The, this is a, this is a great question. And it's a little bit different on, on Facebook and Google, obviously uh, Facebook, uh, I think it's f- for this specific thing of trying to improve click through rate I think it's a little bit more fun on Facebook mm-hmm. and and click through rate I don't I don't care about it as much on Facebook on Go- than on Google because I feel like the audience isn't necessarily as targeted as it would be on Google and so kind of the purpose of my ad is to turn away everyone who's not interested and keep the people who are so I, I'm okay with a, a low click through rate, but that kind of tells me my audience isn't. It, it's either mm-hmm. my ad is garbage or my audience isn't quite there. Uh, but but for for a great click through rate on on Facebook, or, or Facebook Instagram, I, those those are the same thing to me. But uh, you you want that image that stops the scroll, and then in that headline, that the first thing, that, whatever the first piece of text that they read, it needs to be something that. Um, it really catches their attention and wants them to stay on the ad. Um, and, and if the ad is two lines, that's great, but make sure that those two lines are awesome and, and they, they really want to learn more, uh, give them enough that they, they know what they're getting into, but don't give them so much that they feel like they don't need to click through. And, and it's kind of a balance game. The great thing with Facebook is it's really easy to test a lot of different varieties of ads. So, um, keep those things in mind. Try to write the best copy that you can and then just start tweaking it and see what happens. Uh, on Google, it's a different game because um, I feel like Google, you need to play the algorithm game a little bit more on Facebook as far as click-through rate goes. On on Facebook, I focus solely on people and and hope they click through. On, on Google, if you look at the quality score, which is uh, kind of determines how cheap your your clicks will be the actual click-through rate isn't actually the metric they use they use expected click-through rate and so if if you have a really really high actual click-through rate on google that will increase your expected click-through rate obviously but also you can play the algorithm game and google will give you a higher expected click-through rate score so you need to you need to play that balance Um, one thing that uh, the, the first thing that I always do for that is add as many ad extensions as possible. Uh, Google always recommends site link, um, featured snippet, and call out extensions. If you take phone calls, add phone calls every single time. Uh, uh, images are starting to be more common. I, I don't know if they're on every account now, but they've been rolling out for a long time. I've never been seeing them on most accounts that I've been working with. Image like Adding an image to a search ad increases the click-through rate. A ton every time I've tested it so that's where I would start and then that should get you to an okay click-through rate and then it comes to the a-b testing of what if I put what if I word this headline is a little bit catchier where it catches people's eyes a little bit better while still including that keyword because you don't want to hurt the ad relevant score
1: yeah got it okay uh, let's talk about personalization uh, for example when uh, customers land to your page Uh, they want to get the personalized uh, landing page. And uh, um, I know from my experience that uh, many projects set up just generic pages from their websites that might work for uh, SEO or just for common clients, users, or or, uh, it's, or uh, they are good for their structure, but uh, uh, it's not the same with uh, pay-per-click, yes? That means um, uh, if customers uh, are not satisfied with the landing page, they just leave and <laughs> you lose this money. Uh, can you tell how to personalize this experience? Uh, how to, uh, uh, for example, uh, I remember a study from HubSpot that uh, Um, they used uh, 200 uh, landing pages for uh, similar keywords. Uh, It's a lot. Uh, That means you need to customize all these landing pages for uh, many different keywords uh, or uh, different clients, uh, or you can uh, group them to uh, some specific, um, uh, I don't know, like habits or uh, interests. Yeah, share your insights about that. Yeah, that's really
0: cool and i haven't heard that study from hubspot so that's that's really interesting i think it, there's a balance here because if like if you're coming in with a $1000 a month of spend and you're trying to test 200 different landing pages it's going to take several years to test that so you you, you need to find a balance there like like make sure you that you are um, you well, can probably get if meaningful you results faster yeah. 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 if you have a million dollars. <laughs> test a thousand different landing pages. Go, go as hard as you can. <laughs> um, so, so that's one thing I'll point out. Make sure don't go all in on landing pages if if the budget isn't there to test it. But mm-hmm. with the landing pages, um, it's go as as specific as you can with them, and and that's the best way to personalize. I know I've seen I've, one of my coworkers. She turned off personal. Uh, this is a little bit uh, irrelevant, but she turned off personal ads, personalized ads on her Google account because she saw an ad that was like she felt like it was um, like too personal and kind of creepy to her. So don't don't go so far that people feel creeped out by how personal you make it. But make and so rather than don't think of personalization as to the individual where you put their name at the top of the page and, and tell their life story and how it's, cause that, and, and that's probably not possible for most people, but uh, keep that in mind. Don't go the creepy route, but the, the more you can niche down the better because then someone it will, the landing page will feel like it's speaking to them. And so you can start with just basic industries and break that or, or and it depends on, on what you're selling, like like how you break down, And niche down but the more specific you can go the the more personalized it feels so if like and you probably want to break that down by situation and problem so if if you're trying to solve five different problems then you need probably want five different landing pages and then you can break down from there where uh does is this person an accountant with this problem or does this person work in the marketing department for a construction company with this problem. And so the, and the more specific you can make it, then the, the more it will reach out and they'll, they'll connect. And cause what a lot of people are doing when they click on the landing pages, is this actually going to help with this problem that I'm searching for? Or with this, the reason why I clicked the ad on Facebook, will it actually help with that? And ads like, so, and then you can do the same thing with ads rather than landing pages of uh, that like folk have one ad just for this kind of problem one ad just for this kind of problem and i th- i think that's a little bit better for google google can kind of figure out where this person's coming from it will take a while for them to learn but eventually they'll they'll figure that out and um, i i try to do that especially in extensions where i try to put every single industry that the company will ever service in a site link extension and have some sort of page landing page for them, even if it's exactly the same, except for the headline, that's a place to start. Um, that, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, uh, that's that's the extent that I've gone into testing that.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, testing only shows w- what works exactly. <laughs> okay, let's talk about <laughs> failing. <laughs> I can tell, uh, for example, f- uh, from um, organic reach, um, um for example, if uh, I want to promote 10 pages, uh, 8 of them I can't promote, even if I spend all uh, a lot of time, resources, but uh, because of competition, you know, <laughs> they are not waiting when you uh, get uh, this organic reach and uh, and 20% it's like uh, the Pareto, you know, when you uh, get uh, 20% uh, uh, 80% results for uh, 20%. And it's the same with SEO. Uh, most uh, pages uh, c- uh, don't get traffic, you know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about paid marketing? Um, I think that um, when you uh, set up um, various campaigns for many different products, you... Uh, you are willing to succeed everywhere. Of course, uh, possible you are willing, <laughs> but what about, uh, uh, the real results? Uh, uh can you fail? Uh, what you will do with that? Uh, and how to prioritize this? Um, so
0: just to understand the question, it's, uh, kind of what do I do if, if the ads well, aren't performing as well, or?
1: Yes. Yes. If you, uh, fail to get results, uh, what's the next step?
0: Yeah. The, that's a uh, a good question, and I feel like it's um, obviously it's it's personalized to each account. But the general process that I go through is uh, w- what I see is um, probably l- like eighty percent of the accounts. It will work best if I do this this strategy, and and I call it, that's what's is best practice. Uh, and and so and it. It's a little bit different for each industry, so it's not like I'm just making cookie cutter strategies that are exactly the same. But there are general rules that I follow, and then I I only break them if there's an exception at first, and then after a little bit of testing, and I'm seeing, hey, I'm following the strategy, trying to test things to make the strategy work, and nothing's really going, and that's when it's it's time to pivot and look at a new strategy. So so for example, um, if if I have a I. I'm trying to move people more towards email as I've mentioned, but most people still want me to focus on purchases from their Facebook ads. So my my best practice is I make a, a conversions campaign, focus on purchases, test two to three audiences with a with a handful of ads in each one. And then the process that I go through is I test audiences, then the creative, then the the wording on the ads. And uh not to get too much into this, but creative is actually mattering. a uh, not. I'd still test audiences first, but creative is mattering a lot more than it used to. So you might want to start testing creative at the same time as audiences. Um, but if that's some clients that doesn't work for, and, and so a lot of times if they weren't open to emails then, that's when I'll try to push the email side of things. If they're not happy with that or if if we've been trying email and we just can't get their landing page to convert any email, so they're getting one a month and it's it's not enough to take them anywhere, then maybe we switch to a lead gen campaign with the lead is on Facebook. Or it's it's a matter of ta- taking what has worked in the past and most often and trying to apply that. And then if that doesn't work, then you have to get creative and see what's worked for other people that maybe isn't the most common thing is that makes sense. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that might have been a little confusing. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so that that's the process that i I take and I, i'm I'm big into processes a lot, uh, mainly because i'm I'm training a lot of people on ads and how to run ads. And so a lot of people when when they're new to it, they don't have the the experience of seeing this is what's worked for these fifty accounts in the past. It will probably work for this one. So I try to, set up the uh, that's kind of how i try to follow things now is i set up those best practices and then here are the next steps for best practices and it, it, it's kind of a process to follow and it's easier to learn ads that way at, le- at least what i've seen that's that's the approach i've been taking when i've been training people on how to run ads
1: yeah Got it. okay um let's talk about uh the content, for example, uh, when I check out some uh, paid campaigns from uh, big brands, they usually use simplicity, you know, uh, I mean, like short sentences, just phrases uh, on their landing pages, but when I analyze some new brands, they set up, uh, they write a lot, You know, <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of details, explanations. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I- I'm not sure it's a good decision because uh, most uh, uh customers have no time to consume uh the context and, for example, I remember the quote from Mark Twain, and he proclaimed, I, I had no time to write a short letter, that's why I wrote a long one, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, I think uh, he didn't work with paid marketing at the time, <laughs> he didn't have it, and uh, what do you think about simplicity, how to simplify uh, the user experience on landing pages, uh, how to write this short sentences, phrases uh, that uh, uh, will uh, bring all information about your products. Because, uh, for example, if you have a lot of features, a lot of insights, but uh, probably customers don't need it or have no time to consume them, how to Mm -hmm. find uh, uh, the benefits or uh, to highlight uh, emotional stuff about your products? Uh, Yeah, provide your insights about that. Yeah, this is
0: something that uh, I've... I've tried to research a lot. I've tried to test a lot um, of the long form versus short form. and and I, to start off, let me say, don't write like like you said, if don't write long just because it's easier if or just because you want to. I've seen some ads on Facebook like you mentioned, where they it was it was five hundred words and most of it was fluff, and I didn't need to read any of it uh and so in those cases cut it down to to as short as you can to get the point across because like you said a lot of people don't have the time to read they're not on facebook to read a blog they're on facebook to scroll through and, and see what's going on um that being said if you can make like uh, um for example sabri subi who he started uh, a digital marketing agency called king kong out in australia he's he doesn't write facebook ads Unless they're 500 words plus, like he he won't publish those, which uh, has worked great for him. He has a lot of content on how to really make 500 words be valuable. And, and kind of to his point, if someone is feeling that pain point, they're willing to take the time to read through it, even if they're on Facebook. And so um, he's that's probably a great way that if you can make 500 words valuable, it can help filter out and find the right people um but but uh, like uh to jump back to short form keep, keep it simple I've been have like don't write don't write long to write long uh if you if you can express the same amount of value in 10 words as 200 words just keep it at 10 words because I I know I've been on sites where I land on the page and I have, no clue what they do i have no clue what they want me to do Uh, i don't know what i'm going to get out of putting my email into it so that's kind of the process that i would take for when you're setting up a a linkedin page as you mentioned for your business or you're setting up a landing page or you're writing an ad is like focus on on the consumer where's the where's their mind when they're visiting this page what are they looking for and and make sure that you know exactly what like that first three seconds they know what your business does and they know what they're going to get out of it if you work with your business and then if they're interested they'll click through it and they can read your blogs and and read more more content there but if people don't understand that
1: immediately then they're they're going to be uninterested and and won't read your long form yeah yeah i agree with that um yeah it's crucial to uh i don't know to provide uh curiosity, you know, when -hmm. they start uh, consuming your content. And I remember from the book uh, from Joe Sugarman and uh, he was one of the best marketers uh, and uh, he proclaimed uh, uh, your content should be understandable and uh, consumers need to read the whole content. If they uh, can consume uh, the whole content, you can sell a lot more. That means you need to provide some logical chain, uh, the right intro. drop. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, and uh, we have the question from Sterling Kurtz. Uh, Is there any way to get constant sales without paid traffic? <laughs> uh, it's not our <laughs> main topic, but I can tell, yes, of course you can use content marketing, <laughs> use many different approaches, uh, social media. SEO uh, webinars audio podcasts. of course you can just pay attention with one direction you can be successful everywhere by the way what what do you think about that I I often see when marketers uh, try to be jack of all trades uh, to know Mm -hmm. pay-per-click to know organic reach Uh, from my experience even uh, to be the best on social media you can't cover all social media it's better to choose one LinkedIn I know that many people want to copy Gary V but he has a team you know (laughs) and he started on Twitter as well well i think uh, that's good if you pay attention to one social media to be uh, the best there and you can cover uh, other social media with uh, approaches can you share about your insights for example if you're learning about uh, pay-per-click paid marketing uh, can you uh, learn other niches or it's better to spend all your time to learn about uh, your niche yeah
0: i i think at least for me i, I think it's good to understand. Uh, if if you're not if you're not interested in doing something, at least understand the principles behind it, because yeah. marketing's very connected and 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 to go back to the question he yeah, adds, like uh, honestly, it's hard to get constant sales with only paid traffic, but you can you can get constant sales without paid traffic. Uh, a lot of times it's just you need to put in the work for that. like you said, generating a lot of content. Um, but to go to go back to that question, I think I think as a marketer, I guess it depends on what you want to do Um, as a business owner. And if you're going to do the marketing for your business, you should learn as much as you can um, and decide what will be a good return for you. As, as a marketer, if you, if you try a couple things and you really only like paid ads and that's what you want to do for your career, it's fine to only know paid ads. Uh, But if, if you want to, I think there's always value in in learning more and understanding more. and that if you find that one thing that you want to be the best at, go dig deep and be be as good as you can. I know um, Dan Sanchez is someone that I've talked to before and one thing that he suggests is uh, go like he talked about marketing, but it really works for any industry. He says go uh, lay out what you think like the the five to seven most important things to learn in your industry so like uh, paid ads seo organic social email like lay those out and then learn enough that you can you could manage an account on it so maybe you're not the best but you you can do it and then he's and then he said go pick your favorite and read every single book on that topic that that there is uh yeah. and so so for the, for that you probably wouldn't want as broad of a category as SEO, or as broad of a category as paid ads. Uh, but you could say, hey, I want to be the best LinkedIn marketer out there. And then you go read everything about LinkedIn, and you practice a ton. So that, that could be a good thing. Because like you said, uh, like, there's value to the knowledge of having general, but You're not the best in the world in anything, so what's what makes you unique if you're not the best, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, agree, and um, I I like this approach. For example, if you don't know exactly where you wanna jump, just uh, learn. about one niche Uh, and uh, yeah, I agree you should understand other niches. For example, I understand uh, a little bit paid marketing. Uh, I understand uh, many other uh, marketing channels, but uh, I pay a lot more attention to be Good enough, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the goal uh, to be the best, but uh, it's only the goal. I know that we have uh, a lot of great, a lot of great experts, and yes, it just go step the best step. And you know, for me, it's more important uh, not goals. It's more important the process. If you love yes. the process uh if you uh, you can spend more time for example i can wake up in the morning and start working uh, i can go to the bed and uh finish my work because i love the process you know <laughs> and uh, i don't build high expectations you know i want to grow to uh 10 million dollars business you know or something like this uh, yeah just uh, go step by step and learn from your failing uh mm-hmm. okay uh, you know we have black friday soon <laughs> can you provide yes. your insights on how to uh prepare marketing campaigns for uh this day yeah
0: it's black friday it it's fun um it, it's definitely kind of hectic for for a lot of marketers uh one thing i will say is that if you're going to run black friday ads like like black fridays next week you should have the ad written by today and and get it approved by whatever whatever you're running on because everyone's writing new ads right now. It's taking Facebook and Google a little bit longer to approve these things. So just pro tip, uh, don't wait till Wednesday next week to, to write your Black Friday ad. Get it get it out two weeks ahead of time if you can uh, just to make sure that it's ready to go by Black Friday. Another thing with Black Friday is, is more of a strategic approach is everyone is running ads, everyone is giving some sort of discount. Um, and so you probably want to jump in on that. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely a good idea to jump in on that, but what is making your ads different than, than everyone else? Uh, because I uh, like from Wednesday to Monday next week. So like through Thanksgiving, black Friday and that cyber Monday, the following week, everyone, people are going to see ten thousand fifteen 15% off ads. And that's just going to leak into the black background. They won't even notice those for those days, and probably for the rest of the year. Uh, so, what's something that can like catch their attention that is, is bigger than the normal? And that's going to be different than for each company. But that's how you have to think. And and I know I read a study where some companies what they're starting to do is everyone spends their ad spend from Black Friday to Christmas, and then ad spend goes down for the next six weeks or so and so what a lot of people and so when everyone's money cost per impressions and cost per clicks goes up because there's more competition and that's how that's how those numbers are decided so if if you have a limited budget to work with you might even want to try from december 26th to the end of january maybe doubling your ad spend because impressions are going to be a little bit cheaper and there will be less like noise with all the deals going on and and people a lot of times for that December 26th to like New Year's are just sitting at home anyway scrolling through social media or looking stuff up on Google. A lot of people don't work that week, so you'll have a lot of eyes impressions a lot of times will be cheaper depending on the industry. Some industries are are hitting that week hard anyway, so that may be something that you want to try this year if you have a limited budget or if you can get approved for additional budget, um, depending on your situation.
1: Yeah, got it. Okay, I have the last question. Uh, uh, Can you uh, share how to start learning about paid marketing from your experience? Mm -hmm. Uh, If someone want to jump on this field, where to start? What to do first and how to uh, get, uh, I don't know, deep learning about that? Yeah, so the
0: the way that I went is I I found as many internships as I could and just tried to eat, like soak everything up. Um, and so that's that's not as applicable for everyone because not everyone has time to just go get a couple of internships and and sit through there and, and soak everything up. Uh, a lot of people have their full-time job. A lot of people want to learn pain marketing because they have a business and they need it to work now and they don't have any time for that. So if you have time for that, that's probably the easiest way to learn the most uh it just takes a lot of time so um for for other people who who are trying to learn it um out like outside of their full-time job or or whatever whatever situation you're in um one good thing is just try to run some ads i uh, don't spend too much because i don't want you to throw all your money away but spend just a, a couple hundred dollars here and there trying to figure things out, trying to get used to the process. Um, And there are some great YouTube channels out there that help you understand the the process behind that. And that's actually where I've I've learned a lot of different techniques that I've tried. And so if you, I would probably go read some blogs, watch those YouTube channels um, while you're running some stuff so you can actively apply it and see what works. Uh, One thing that I've seen some people try to do, and I wouldn't suggest this, unless it's like a family member that you're working with. Some people go out and say, hey, I've never run a paid ad campaign. Let me just go get a client. I'll charge them $2,000 a month to run their ads. Uh, don't do that if you don't know how to run ads. It's kind of cheating those businesses. Um, it's not a great way to build your name if you want to go run ads as, as your business. So um, if you have a family member who's running a business, say, hey, could I have $500 to, to run some ads for you and see how it works? I'll do it for free. or if if you can tell businesses hey I don't have a lot of experience I'll run your ads for free though just because I want to learn if you can get people to agree with that that's a great way to learn because that experience comes in so uh, those are a few things that so what I've tried is internships but like the the offering running ads for a company for free and just being up front letting them know I want to learn this I don't have a ton of experience i've I've met a couple people who, have done that and they actually that's how they built their business is that they built their network that way and they learned how to run great
1: ads that way so uh, that's a great way to go as well yeah got it okay Dale thanks a lot for your time for sharing a lot of insights it's so valuable and uh, tell how people can reach out to you learn more about you follow you yeah I'm I'm really on LinkedIn
0: <laughs> go go find me at LinkedIn my my name's Dale Harper picture looks kind of like my face. (laughs) But uh, yeah, if if you want to learn more, I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm there every day. Uh, Connect with me, message me and and, and we can chat more about um, paid marketing.
1: Cool, cool. Okay, guys, you can find all these links uh, to LinkedIn profile uh, in the description below. Listen us on Google, Spotify, and Apple. Thanks a lot, Dale. You know, it's valuable. You share a lot of insights. Yeah, uh, I'll share this episode with my paid marketing department I need to there for us and yeah uh, it's a big pleasure to get your own show and thanks guys for listening or watching us thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple
0: spotify google or any other platforms that you may use also please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift we'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts